Psalm 110 is one of the most quoted psalms in the New Testament, but it's also quite perplexing. Why bother to tease out its meaning? Well, because Jesus and the apostles said it was crucial. We need to take another look at Psalm 110. Welcome to First 15, and thanks for giving 15 minutes of your day to listen to God, to meditate on His Word, and then pray it back to Him. I'm Ron, and I'll be your guide on this journey. All of us are followers here, and if you're new to our podcast, follow or subscribe to First 15 on your favorite podcast provider. You're in a good place to grow in your relationship with God. In season three, we're praying through the Psalms, both some of our favorites as well as some that are lesser known or harder to pray. Let me start with a confession. I wanted to include this Psalm, Psalm 110, in our podcast, and then I shied away from it. I honestly didn't know how to lead a devotional based on it, but God brought it back into my awareness and I'm going to try. So let's pray Psalm 110 together today. The intent of our podcast is to apply the truth of God's message beyond the first 15 minutes to the rest of your life. We follow a four-step process that you can find at wordofprayer.com. Psalm 2 and Psalm 110 are both messianic psalms, and they were popular in the early church, as we see them quoted in both Acts and the book of Hebrews. Further, Jesus himself quoted Psalm 110 in his disputes with the religious leaders of his day in three of the Gospels. So there must be something important in them. But those obstacles that we talked about at the beginning of this season, history, Hebrew poetry, and harsh language, well, Psalm 110 has all three of them in its short seven verses. Let's listen to Psalm 110 now, though, in a fresh translation from the Hebrew. Psalm of David, the prophetic word of Yahweh to my Lord. Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Yahweh will extend your strong rod from Zion. Rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people will willingly serve you in your day of power, clothed in the beauty of holiness from the break of dawn. Yahweh has sworn, and he will not retract his oath. You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. The Lord is at your right hand. He will shatter kings in the day of his anger. He will judge among the nations. He will fill the valleys with corpses, and he will shatter the leaders over a broad land. He will drink from a brook by the way. Therefore, he shall lift up his head. Psalm 110. There is so much that is mysterious and challenging in these few verses there's little agreement also among scholars about the original background or context and the meaning of this psalm back in Israel's history. There's clearly a looking forward within the psalm to a future king, an anointed Messiah who would also be a priest, not in Aaron's lineage, but after Melchizedek. So Melchizedek is mysterious, and he appears in Genesis 14 out of nowhere. He blesses Abram and then disappears. 
until the book of Hebrews. Melchizedek is the king of Salem and priest of God Most High. Salem is most probably Jerusalem, and this is long, long before David comes along and captures the city and adds it to Israel's inheritance. So Melchizedek actually becomes a type for the Messiah. He's anointed king and also priest for the people of God. And that's how the writer of Hebrews applies the language of Melchizedek to Jesus. Also in the psalm, it talks about in verses 5 and 6 how the Lord is at the right hand of the king, giving him power, giving him strength, helping him execute judgment on the peoples, basically routing all the wicked people. But then in verse 7, it shifts back to the king, not talking about Yahweh. So it's not Yahweh who drinks from a brook, by the way, but it's the king, the earthly king, the human king who drinks from this brook and gets refreshment from it. And then he lifts up his head, which is figurative language to say he is going to be exalted. He is going to be lifted up and he's going to rise from his uh, moment of refreshing drink, and he's just going to be exulting in all the victories that God, the Father, has given him. And so that's part of the language here. It shifts within the psalm itself. Now, I'm not going to try to explain everything in the psalm. I'm also not going to go into the disappointing history of Israel's kings and how none of them really lived up to God's commandments, promises, or prophecies, or even about the exile and how God's people had to be kicked out of the promised land before they could return and then start taking his law more seriously. The point is, when Jesus appears on the scene in Israel, he didn't really look like what most people were expecting of the Messiah. They were probably looking for a great king like David who would kick the Romans out just like David drove out the Canaanites and subdued the Philistines and other pagan nations in Israel. Yet, look at Luke chapter 20, verses 41 to 44. And I'm just going to quote from this here. Jesus said to the teachers of the law, Why is it said that the Messiah is the son of David? David himself declares in the book of Psalms, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. David calls him Lord. How then can he be his son? That's Jesus' question that stumps the religious leaders. How can David call him Lord if he's the son of David? And Jesus knew the answer. Because he knew who he himself was, that he was David's son or David's descendant, but he was also the Messiah that had been promised and was now present in Israel. Psalm 110 is quoted several times in the Gospels, again in Acts and then a few times in Hebrews. I'll let you look those references up yourself, but it's worthwhile to see that Jesus and his followers were fully convinced that Jesus was the Messiah. He was Melchizedek, both king and high priest, and that Jesus would reign over all creation by the end of this age. When we pray Psalm 110, 
We're celebrating Jesus's triumph and ascension to heaven, but we're also anticipating his final victory and his reign when all things are put under his feet. Pray with me, please. God, what wonders you have done. You have given your word and you have delivered prophecies long before they are fulfilled. You have sent your Son as Messiah, as King and Priest. We look forward to the day He will return and reign over all. We pray for your kingdom and your rule to come. Establish it fully among us. Put everything right, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Take some time to look up Acts 2 or Hebrews 1 today and see if you can find the reference to Psalm 110 there. Can you pray it more boldly after what we have talked about today? How might Christ's return help you focus your actions today? Ask God for wisdom and guidance, but live boldly in light of Jesus's return. Thanks for listening. The Psalms are really powerful, and I hope you are being blessed by them. Consider supporting this podcast by signing up on our Patreon link in the show notes. I hope to revamp our website at wordofprayer.com, so your support is truly appreciated. I encourage you to get a copy of God Help Me Grow, Learning to Pray Through the Psalms on Amazon, or you can follow our link in the show notes. Today, Serve God willingly and eagerly 